Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of SpinCast. Today, we are once again talking about collegiate esports. This wonderful scene that's growing really fast is already really big and looking for that next step. So today, we're going to be talking with Stephen Haberman. He is from Eastern University, and he's the head esports coach there. So without further ado, Stephen, go ahead, introduce yourself, tell us a little bit of your background, how you got involved in esports, and how that ultimately led to being the head coach um, of the esports program at Eastern Univers University. Sure. Uh, thank you very much for having me on. Uh, yeah, so I'm uh, I'm a um, gamer uh, throughout my life. Uh, I've always been playing uh, games. I grew up on uh, portable gaming, uh, you know, Game Boy, uh, PC games with uh, the Sierra classics like King's Quest. Uh, and then, yeah, I graduated to consoles when I hit high school. Um, I've, I've enjoyed every console. I own um, all the modern consoles, so I don't have a, a particular favorite. Um, because I was brought up on portable, I play mostly Nintendo uh, now. But, uh, you know, I've got my PS4, my Xbox One, my PC. Um, so you, you, you play a little bit of everything. Yep. And uh, I've always loved gaming. Um, when I got out of college, I wanted that, that uh, community of gaming uh, to continue. And for a while, I struggled to really find a home for that. Um, I would try to dig in on a particular game, or uh, maybe I'd find a, a specific website that I'd stick to. So I found some sticking points on like IGN.com. They uh, had a, a kind of blog community uh, where I, I got involved with them. Um, I've, I, I have listened to Giant Bomb and the Giant Bomb cast and, and their crew for a decade. Mm -hmm. um, and when I really connected with those environments, it led me to different, uh, either specific games or specific kind of like expertise you can get into. Uh, so with IGN, I learned how to uh, write. Um, I started becoming a freelance games journalist. Uh, I did some previews, some reviews, and kind of my claim to fame is that I was a freelance guides writer for IGN for a period of time. Um, so I was writing guides for uh, like mini games, like a game dev story on the iPhone, mm -hmm. like the heist, which was like a, um, just basically a mini uh, teaser game that was on the iPhone. And then I moved on to, you know, DLC for Assassin's Creed, uh, Far Cry 4. Um, and then I, I took big dives into um, Star Wars Online, Star Wars The Old Republic Online when that came out. Um, that, that, that ended my life. <laughs> 20,000 words on one playthrough with one character. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know what? I would like to do something else with my life. <laughs> But I learned, sure. you know, I got a sense of those communities. And then I, um, then I, you know, went on to be a professional. I've worked in higher education for a decade, whether it be in admissions, in um, career services. And now um, I'm actually the software um, and systems administrator. So I've learned the software that runs. And I learned that I'm very good at teaching people how to use software, very much like mm -hmm. a video game guide, except yeah. uh, the game they're playing is incredibly boring. It's software. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Um, but as I grew uh, to really connect that, always gaming and always now becoming this kind of steward of software, um, I really saw that I was I was coaching people on how to use things and how to train mm -hmm. on things. And one of the last guides uh, that I worked on at IGN, I, I wrote the alpha guide for Heroes of the Storm, which was a MOBA. Um, mm -hmm. And that really taught me that environment. And it led me to like learn what is a MOBA? Let's watch some LCS. Let's mm -hmm. uh, let's catch up on you know what's happening with the the 
the Dota Invitationals. Mm -hmm. So I got a real good sense of kind of what was out there. And ever since I've been at Eastern University, um, it was something that I had heard the school was potentially interested in doing. And uh, I put my hat uh, in, in the ring for someone who would uh, run with it. I've always been great at uh, launching something. Um, I've always been ex uh, an excitable person. So they said, you know, esports. And I was like, absolutely. I will get I, that will happen. I will make that happen. If it has to be me, I will do it. And, uh, and that's kind of how I found myself in, in my position now. Awesome. Incredible backstory. Um, really goes to show that type of archetype that, you know, gaming is more than just playing, right? It's like freelance writing, writing these guides, coaching, learning the softwares behind it, right? There's mm -hmm. so much that goes into the games themselves and then into the competitive side of esports. So much more on top of that as well, now that you're building um, the program at Eastern University. So tell us a little bit more about the program at um, Eastern University. Are you student-led? Um, well, obviously not completely student-led, you know, you're there. Um, yeah. How much funding do you get from the uh, university itself? Um, is it a varsity athletic? Tell us kind of the specifics about it. Um, do you guys have an arena? Anything like that? Sure. Uh, so um, Eastern University has had a uh, long-standing um, smash club on campus. They run anywhere from, you know, 10 to 50 strong year to year. And they're in their fifth year. So uh, we had a community of people that wanted to get together and play. Some would play for fun, and many, and, and I would say, you know, a dozen of them uh, were very competitive. Would play locally or play regionally in co on competitions uh, at the collegiate level or at a semi-professional level, uh, where they were earning money for uh, for you know uh, making it into the top three, top five. And uh, so I heard that and uh, connected with that community to ask, like, what would you need? out of the institution um, if we were to say that you would become a varsity team. We would have a varsity smash. And uh, we got some sense from there. Um, the institution uh, connected our esports into the athletic environment. So we are actually a varsity team. We are the first co-ed varsity team at the school. And, um, and what's very interesting about it is that uh, the athletics have leaned on me directly to just say they they accept that they don't know esports mm -hmm. uh you know they've just kind of said like you're the coach but also figure it out <laughs> <laughs> here's and, everything Good yeah <laughs> and 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 that's really been such an amazing opportunity because the institution supported it they said we would like esports we see that you're the closest thing to a professional that we have on the topic and you seem to have the passion for it. So tell us what you need and we will provide it. So uh, we started, uh, I was hired in uh, December of last year uh, to become the coach, start recruiting and tell them kind of what we needed. Um, through that time, I identified um, about 1200 square foot, uh, foot space, uh, basically like three classrooms in size. Uh, space that we weren't actively using for a, a specific program or specific mm -hmm. class. And I said, you know what? That's it. That's your, that's your practice facility. It's got enough room to, to make it look good, feel comfortable and spacious, add a variety of both PC and console-based space, and, and really be a, a showpiece uh, for the institution if we want to show that this will be, we're a division three school, so we don't offer scholarship to any sport, mm -hmm. uh, but esports allow us for that. 
So we said, we're going to join the biggest division. We are going to offer um, competitive, if not um, over, overly um, generous scholarship uh, for a school of our size. And uh, we are going to make a splash in this environment. Um, so we are a varsity program. We do have scholarship opportunities anywhere from maybe $500 a year uh, for a student who really just wants to be a part of it and understands that they are not uh, likely going to start potentially ever, but just yeah. wants to be uh, a member of this community who, as you said, like maybe they're just a real uh, loving gamer that likes watching competitive mm -hmm. esports and wants to be a content creator, wants to be a, a gopher. They're just like, hey, I'll get everybody water when they need it, you know? Uh, or to the upper side, uh, we are recruiting and working to try to recruit professional players that are moving from a high school professional career, maybe playing in competitive Rocket League or competitive Fortnite or, or the NALCS and saying they want to go to school. So we're saying, all right, maybe we can do up to like 10,000 a year for yeah. a really uh, a talented player who has really shown that they are already at the top of uh, the competitive edge and they can help turn us from a new program to a competitive program. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely love it. Um, I love when the university can really give that money and that support um, and also allow for the people that no esports to run the esports, right? Uh, sometimes there is that confusing aspect of where varsity athletics is like, no, we're going to run it like varsity athletics traditionally runs. It's like, eh, you got to tweak something in there, at least at least a little something to make mm -hmm. it more to esports. Because I think there's a lot of things that esports can take from traditional sports, um, especially in the younger side of things, development, foundations, good habits, that kind of stuff, and bring it in. Um, but also esports is still totally different. Um, you still have to address it like esports, not football or basketball or baseball. So I absolutely love to hear that. Sounds very um, fantastic what you have going there, um, Eastern University. So switching gears a little bit, focusing more on your players. Um, we all know that esports takes a ton of time and dedication and ambition and passion to, um, to really bring that fruit when you say you've already been trying to recruit the elite players. So when approaching trying to win championships ultimately, um, do you have any particular mindsets or practice routines or philosophies that you like to embrace um, to really help the players from a holistic approach um, improve their game um, at the collegiate level? So you, you talked on a point that, that I want to address. Though we will be recruiting um, and you know, up to and including professional players, uh, we are not championship focused. Uh, we are student focused. So that is why I, I am saying like we'll bring in a, an enthusiastic person mm -hmm. and put them next to a star in that mm -hmm. game. And the star will learn how to be a coach, will learn how to uh, deal with loss, <laughs> will mm -hmm. uh, learn how to um, identify the skill set that has made them be ahead of others. Mm -hmm. and help us identify uh, the different skill sets that we can work on with um, other players to, to advance. And in the same sense, find ways uh, through them understanding um, their skill and their ability will make them better because they will now understand what it is they are able to do that is positive and what they aren't able to do that needs improvement. Uh, yeah. So, uh, we're going to be uh, expecting our players to spend about 10 hours a week in practice and play. 
um, in a in a very heavy, let's say, playoff week or a, um, a multiple games per week, we might have a smaller uh, practice schedule. Um, and those practices are going to be working around the student schedule. Uh, we are going to have our space open during the day, um, Monday through Friday, as well as open on most nights during the week and pretty much all day Saturday, because that is primarily when the collegiate uh, mm -hmm. games are being played. Um, for me, um, I can't tell you how to be better at Rocket League. Mm -hmm. um, I've got a platinum in Rocket League. I've got, you know, 50 plus hours of gameplay on it, but mm -hmm. I can't fly and, uh, <laughs> and somebody else can. So there will be things about, all right, there are there are skill sets there are tutorials inside the game that are going to help you if you do it with repetition it's going to help you get there and then when it comes to just learning on the fly well we're going to have to play a lot of games we're going to have to play a lot of scrimmaging i think primarily for us scrimmaging is going to be the primary focus and we're working on uh, matching up with other athletic um, departments in our mac and in the mac at the middle atlantic conference that already have esports that are not new, we're actually going to be new this fall. So mm -hmm. we're going to be playing for our, our first competitive matches this, this coming fall. So we're going to be setting up scrimmages with us, uh, with teams from every level. Mm -hmm. uh, we have friends uh, that um, just again, as another hobby, I know I'm bouncing around here everywhere, uh, <laughs> but I'm a competitive pinball player. Yeah. Um, and there's a pinball machine behind me uh, <laughs> in our little picture here. Uh, mm -hmm. But I learned a lot of things from that community, and some of them are that other competitive pinball players are also higher education professionals working to launch esports at their institutions. So I'm saying, okay, if you're launching this fall, me and you, we're gonna we're gonna have a scrimmage together. Now mm -hmm. he's, you know, the the university of a state, and I'm mm -hmm. 2,500 undergraduates at a small, you know, liberal arts Christian institution. Mm -hmm. So. Um, I'm, I might I might be losing a lot of those scrimmages, <laughs> but it provides me the ability to give my team the ability to see you know, what we what we match up against well and what we need to work towards. Mm -hmm. And if we're always if that's always going to be out of our league, well then we better know what it looks like, mm -hmm. so that we can come For up sure. with unique strategies that can allow us either to catch them off guard, catch them by surprise, and win with the element of surprise to a level a team of that level, or uh, we get comfortable with the idea that we might be losing these matches, but we need to be paying close attention to what they are doing to help us better understand the strategies that are beating us. Mm -hmm. So sure. a lot of VOD reviews um, are going to be a part of our, our routines. And, uh, and I expect um, we're, we're going to be a Twitch partner, or well, we are a Twitch partner. Um, so we're going to be posting a lot of our information online. We expect that our strategies are going to be very easy for our competition to find because they'll be on the internet. Uh, and I don't, I don't mind that. Um, I want to learn from what our competition sees. I want to learn from the communities that are around these games because I will never be, I'm, I'm in my thirties. I'm past my prime. I can't be an esports <laughs> professional, but I can improve as a coach forever. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to use the communities around these games and the players that we have to help advance our strategies uh, year in and year out. Yeah, 
Absolutely love um, that response there and bring up a number of great ideas there. Um, a couple that I want to dive a little bit deep into is you talked about, you know, using losing to the advantage, right? And that's something I really love to harp on, so to say, um, with esports. Because a lot of times when, especially in that amateur type league or collegiate, start to lose, you look for greener pastures, right? Like, you know what, I'm going to leave this team, I'll disband, I'll go look for a better team, better options, right? When in reality, you need to be sticking together and learning from what's making you lose, right? Is it this strategy? Is it this position? Is flank watch not doing their job? Is a player maybe not using their utility to the maximum? Is it communication? There's a number of things, right? The games are incredibly in-depth. But using losses is a positive gain um, in looking towards improvement. Definitely um, great advice there. That's one of the things that, like, when I'm talking to my players, these first players, these returning students that have never had any sport that are, you know, hey, I play Overwatch a couple hours a week, mm-hmm. but I want to be on the team. I'm like, okay, uh, how do you feel about losing? You know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what if you spent a whole semester losing? Mm-hmm. How do you feel about that? What do you think about that? What's that experience like? And, you know, do you think you can learn from it? Do you think it would be too difficult for you to experience? And, you know, I've had a couple people that are saying like, man, if we don't win a game, oh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if that's going to be a semester for me. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, good. Well, then if you're ready to put in the work to improve and expand, then we're going to find ways to 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 find the opportunities for winning. Yeah. Um, couldn't agree more. A lot of it, since esports is so new, that you have to keep that developmental perspective in lock. Um, if you're not constantly looking, okay, improving, what can we use this in the future? Um, then you're hurting yourselves, right? This isn't a well enough developed um, industry or sport or competition in esports to be like, okay, we can just get players and then start winning, right? This is the NFL where you can just go buy a new team and get Tom Brady and Greg Olson, and Cam Newton or whatever, all the stars and build something special. It's like, no, we have to build it from, basically nothing um and having that perspective is always going to take you longer to get to success but that success will i believe ultimately be greater for sure another point that you talked on was esports community i absolutely love the esports community a lot of it's really embracing and like you said there's um competitive pinball people out there are like hey let's set up scrims let's get together work on some vod analysis um and develop both our programs at the same time so speak a little more in depth to that community feel um there's obviously some negatives in the esports community and online toxicity and stuff, but some of those positive points, um, especially in your space in collegiate esports, what do you love to see? And then looking towards the future, what do you hope continues to grow or might change from that more negative aspect, if there is any? Well, sure. Uh, first off, I mean, obviously, I would say the students anywhere from like age 25 to up, if they're playing in games, they might have grown up playing games online and they might have grown up in the era of this is my gamer tag. You don't know who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, or this is my, I'm, I'm on a, I'm on a website. Here's my screen name, but you don't know who I am. Mm-hmm. And so that, that older generation, and, and that's not an old group of people, but an older generation of people who are kind of used to the, um, incognito mode of, of talking in games. So they felt like they have the right or they have the ability to kind of cross a line here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, our community now in collegiate, you know, we've got NACE. So I went to a NACE event. Um, we were not competing. I was just there to, you know, meet mm-hmm. and greet. 
and watched the competitions. The vast majority of it was very uh, well respect, or very respectful. And you know, one individual decided to you know use an expletive or express himself in a way that wasn't really uh, appreciated by the the folks in the area. And the coach was a player coach, and he basically said, "Hey, you know, if we were if we were back at home, you'd be doing laps." And it's like, okay, well, now we know there might have there there could potentially have been um, something there. Um, later on, that same player had a, another outburst, and he's got this was an invitational, so he's playing multiple games. He's you know working through, and by the third round, that player wasn't there anymore because whether it was the coach, whether it was the other teams in the invitational, they identified that this was a problem. It was un- wasn't really acceptable and action was taken. So, and I will say, I have been a part of the internet for uh, 25 of my, my plus that of years in my life. And I've seen bad. I, I've seen a thousand times worse than what this, this kid did. And he's a kid, yes, he's in college, but he's learning. Mm-hmm. So we, we respect the fact that these, are, these individuals are still in the learning stages of their life early adulthood. Um, mm-hmm. But in the same sense, there are expectations. So for us at Eastern, we're a Christian institution. So I will tell you that for one, uh, prayer may end up being a part, an active part of our, our gaming. Um, it might be before every match. I'm not going to force um, religion upon any player, uh, but it is something that the institution really supports. And if our team feels that that's something that they want, I'd be happy to oblige. But in the same sense, that's positivity. Mm-hmm. We are not going to be playing a game where the, uh, the focal point of the game is to, to kill another uh, individual. So we are playing uh, Valorant, uh, potentially. We are playing Overwatch. We are playing Fortnite. Um, you do eliminate opponents. But the goal, you know, in Fortnite is to survive, and then it's animated. These mm-hmm. weapons are not real, mm-hmm. um, and you're not seeing, uh, you know, incredible violence being presented on screen. Um, in Overwatch, it's magical, it's fantastical, it's, and again, you're, you're kind of knocked out and coming back around. It's very similar with, uh, I think, Valorant's probably the closest thing to what I would describe as violence, um, and yet again, it's it's a counter-strike Overwatch. Uh, so there's a level of separation from gameplay and reality. I have nothing against uh, CS:GO and and uh, and Siege and Call of Duty. I play them myself, um, and and that's fine. But as an institution, if we're representing ourselves in front of a community of people, we want to represent as close as we can to something that's reasonable. And we mm-hmm. think that as Christian institution, it's not something we can say like, hey, look at the clips of our greatest events and you just see people exploding. <laughs> you know, so, well, that's a there's a line. <laughs> and then in the same sense, when it talks about not game specific, it's that we are looking to build a community. I am not looking to be a uh, leader in the competition space. I'm not expecting us to be a playoff based team. But I, I already am building our agreement that we'll, our players will be signing. It's basically a user agreement similar to what Twitch is. There'll be no hate speech. There'll be no um, talking down to our players or our opponents. And there will be repercussions if that occurs. Um, 
in the same way that the institution would take on someone who is um, disrespectful or, or uh, mean and uh, angry towards another individual, we are looking to build a community so that every player that comes through Eastern University is a respectful um, uh, person involved in this space. Mm. So that if there's one bad apple, I'm hoping to uh, graduate 50 good ones. Mm -hmm. And so instead of you know worrying about what is in the space currently or what is in, what can occur within the space, it is that we provide a collection of professional minds, professional bodies into the space that are going to um, you know uh, engulf the community in kindness. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know they're yeah. going to hug it out, and then uh, you know I think that that will help. Um, you know, lower that expectation that you're going to run into a lot of anger and uh, dissent in the community. Yeah, exactly. I couldn't agree more. I think um, a good play, a good analogy for that is like look at traditional sports, right? On the field, like you're going to have that rivalry, right? You know, the Yankees, the Red Sox, Duke, UNC. But most of the time the game ends, those players are shaking hands, swapping jerseys, signing each other's jerseys. They might be, you know, going to hang out later or whatever. Um, they still respect each other. It's there's in-game rivalry and that in-game competition, um, but that's not bad blood, right? And mm -hmm. trying to get um, some facets of esports to tradition or transition towards that, I think, would be better in the long run for sure. Um, where everyone, once the game's over, like, hey, we're still friends, we're still gonna go celebrate together. You guys won, that's awesome. We're gonna get you next time, right? Yeah, um, exactly. So yeah, absolutely love that. I do have time for one more question um, before we do have to wrap up. So we talked a lot about, you know, a little bit about recruiting and looking at some of these younger players coming into Eastern University, right? Getting them to find a place, a home, a community, um, so they can pursue their passions in gaming and esports. What advice would you have for those players, high school, middle school students that have these passions currently in gaming, but aren't really quite sure of what to do with them, right? They're not very involved in the esports scenes they don't realize all the opportunities and potential that esports has right now and it's growing so fast um so what advice would you have for them to you know hone their craft or um any of those advice tidbits that come to your mind um to help them get to that next level and play collegiately so first off i would say that uh, when i wanted to improve um as a player um i would look at what's in game that is designed to um you know work yourself up tutorials uh, kind of one-on-one -on -one matches or, or just uh, presentations to show me exactly what it is that I have in front of me. Um, so some research um, or just some studying. Like if you're playing a game like League of Legends and there's a hundred characters that you're going to go up against, you need to know as much as you can about what everything looks like and what sorts of speeds to which uh, those attacks occur, they come in or they defend. What's a good counter to an existing character? Um, so kind of internalizing and bringing a guide to that game to every game. So if you're playing a game and you feel like you're doing really well with your one character, but if you run up against, uh, you know, a um, Renekton, you, you get owned. It's like, okay, well, what's good against a Renekton? Let's learn those. If you haven't played those before, let's start playing those characters so you learn why. And maybe it makes you better at the player that you usually are playing, or maybe you learn a new player. So diversity in your play. Add new players, new characters, new experiences to the games that you enjoy so that, one, it doesn't get stale. 
And two, you are then internalizing new information about all the different characters to which you are playing. And now if you're playing something like a Rocket League where um, the game itself is not going to change entirely, play a game and see what beat you or mm -hmm. what you couldn't do or what you decided not to do at that time because why? Answer the question of why. If you didn't go for that shot on goal because you didn't know where your team was, start looking for team members that will communicate so that you can get on a headset, get on Discord, get into chat, and con uh, converse with them about what they're doing so you know at that time what to do. If you didn't get up there because you're not good at flying, well, get in a tutorial and practice hitting the ball from the air. Awesome. And then, uh, finally, um, just if you're already playing and you like it and you want to do it more, there's 100 plus institutions in the United States that are ready to provide you scholarship so that you can go to school at a discount and play on their team. Eastern University is just one of those schools. For, for all intents and purposes, I'd love for you to go to Eastern, but you don't have to. We're in the suburbs of Philadelphia. If you're from California, go somewhere closer. Mm -hmm. If you're from Georgia, go somewhere closer. If you're from Philadelphia, we're a Christian organization. So if you'd like um, having a faith-based practice in, in your life as, an, uh, as part of your education, we'd love to see you. If not, it might not be the place for you, and that's okay. The important mm -hmm. part is in the research that you do for your game, do it for the institutions that you're looking for mm -hmm. and express that you're interested in playing games at that school. Find a way to get on YouTube, talk to your parents if they're not uh, approving of that. Um, talk about getting on a Twitch channel, get video of you playing, uh, track your statistics and share those with the schools that you're interested in so that we better know you. If, if every student currently who plays games and wants to play more in college just had a web page that says how they do and which games they play, every institution in America would be fully stocked with a roster. Every student that was on that website would have a scholarship to go to college. Right now, that's a, that's a weakness. That's a lack. So if you want to go to a school and you want to go and play esports at that school, Make it easy for the institution to know what you play and how you do, and you will very quickly find that you're not just finding schools, schools are finding you. Awesome. Couldn't agree more. Some great advice all packed in um, those couple of points you made there. Couldn't agree more. Finding, taking that passion, dedicate yourself, get or use your ambition and get to that next level and go out there and find it, go out there and achieve it. It's not going to come to you. There's just too much in the esports world. Um, you have to go get it. So I couldn't agree more. Unfortunately, that is all the time we have for today. Um, real quick, Steven, plug yourself where we can find you, where we can find Eastern University. If you want to learn more, talk to um, if any of our listeners want to pick your brain about what's offered at Eastern University. So tell us where we can find all the information real quick. Absolutely. You can go to eastern.edu online to go to our website and read about the institution. You can go to twitch.tv slash eastern esports, uh, no spaces or anything like that, to find our channel. Um, you can find me personally, uh, twitch.tv slash Habermania, Haberman awesome. IA. Yeah, thank you. Uh, and if you're reaching out to me, my name is Stephen with a PH Haberman. 
Um, you can email me at Eastern. You can find my name on the website. You can look up Eastern Esports online to find all of the ways you can contact us and reach out to us. Uh, my email, stephen.haberman at eastern.edu, if you have questions and want to reach out to me directly. Awesome. No one has a day to do that. Like we talked about community and esports, we all want to see it grow. If you reach out to any, anybody, we'll help you find it, even if it's not for our particular institution or whatnot. That's so right. everyone out there in these unprecedented times and very difficult times with the current pandemic, stay healthy and stay happy. Take care of your loved ones and yourself. And ultimately, stay plugged in. <laughs>